everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are off to the circus, the flea circus, if you will, in the very interesting and, in some versions, very alarming and bizarre uh, Circus Flocati, or Flea Circus. Uh, this is a Rainier Kinesia game, and it was published in... What, when was this published? Why can't I see this date? Uh, 19, uh, 98. 98? Yes, 1998. This is a push-your-luck game. It's fairly light. Um, it plays in about 15 minutes, what they say. I'd say that's about right. It's a two-to-five player count, so that's going to fluctuate, of course, a little bit within that span. But this is a quick game that is pretty easy to get to the table and get played. Um, says it's rated for six and up. I'd say that's pretty pretty accurate, actually. I think this is one of the first games that has a pretty accurate <laughs> game. They uh, they don't uh, undersell how uh, kids can interact with games at earlier ages. So uh, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Six six plus is probably the perfect uh, starting point for this game uh, for being able to understand it and strategy and and have fun with it. So and like I said, it's rated one point two three on BGG. That's pretty accurate too. I think this is a fairly light push your luck game. It's got some really interesting, fun little quirks to it, but um, it's really accessible. So I don't think anyone's going to have any trouble uh, jumping in on this game if you've never played it before. But uh, let's see. I said Renier Kinesia designed it. The art was by, oh excuse me, uh, Franz Volwinkel, and three more which are loading on my screen right now because <laughs> my computer <laughs> is very slow right now. I think my son is streaming something. Oh, there we go. Heiko Gunther, uh, Yusuke Mamada, and Lukas Silski. Uh, a lot of lot of artists going on here. And you never know. There's a couple versions of this game, uh, which we'll talk about later. But I'm not sure which person was responsible for which version and such. Uh, but published by, let's see, who is yours? I uh, think the one that uh, you... Grail Games. Grail Games. Yeah, that's the one I think that's most common out here in the States, at least. But being a German game, this is uh, uh, the German publisher, Süddeutsche Zeitung. So there you go. Grab one of those <laughs> if you're a Süddeutsche Zeitung fan. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about how we play it, and then we'll talk about more feelings on uh, the game itself. All right. All right. So uh, the deck, the game is just basically a deck of cards. So it's 89 cards. You're going to take all those cards. You're going to shuffle them all together. Uh, and that is basically the draw pile. On a player's turn, someone's going to be the start player. Uh, I don't think it indicates who in the rules. If it does, I don't read the rules that often because after you know how to play, you don't really bother relearning how to play. Uh, you're going to, on your turn, you're going to flip over one card at a time. Uh, and kind of make a little uh, display on the side. Uh, you can think of it as a parade if you'd like. Um, and you just kind of flip them out one at a time. At any point in time, you can stop flipping over cards and just take any one of the cards that you flipped over. It does not have to be the last one you flipped over. It could be any one of any of the cards you flipped over. Uh, you could, if you want, stop after the first card and just take that first card that comes out. Uh, there are uh, basically two different kinds of cards. There are uh, circus performers and there are action cards. There are a lot more circus performers. Uh, there are ten different kinds of circus performers, and of each circus performer, they are numbered zero through seven. So you can think of the circus performer as the suit of the card. Uh, there are uh, three different kinds of actions, and there are three 
uh, cards of each action. So there are nine total actions, thus making the 89 cards in the deck. Uh, if you ever come across one of the action cards while flipping them over, you basically stop your turn and you do whatever the action says. Uh, the three different actions, there is Mind Reader, Magic Eye, and Great Parade. Uh, the Magic Eye and Mind Reader are pretty similar. Uh, but I, I actually, you know, now that I think about it, I pr should probably get into a little bit if, of the other stuff so that the the actions make a little <laughs> bit more sense when I go into those. So right. uh, if you don't <laughs> have an, an action, idea. if you draw one of those cards, you are going to add that card to your hand uh, and it just stays in your hand. Uh, at any point in time, you are allowed to make a meld, as I call it, but as the rulebook calls it, making a trio. Uh, if you have three cards of the same value, the suit does not matter. Uh, if you have three cards that have the same value, you are allowed to place it down in front of you uh, to make some, I guess, a performance or something, I guess. Uh, and it counts at the end of the game for points. Um, but that's it. it. You just play it out there. You can do it at any point in time during your turn. You can do that. So you can do it before you start or after you start, possibly. Uh, but it has to be on your turn to do it. Um, at any point in time in the game, you can always call a gala. Uh, if you have every one card of every type of performer, you may call a gala. Uh, it does not matter what the values are of them, just as long as they're in your hand. If you've played them out in, in a trio, they don't count anymore. If they're in your hand and you have one of every suit, you can call a gala. That is one way the game can end, is by calling the gala and you score points for that as well. That is when the game ends, either when the, the, the cards run out or someone calls a gala. Uh, now, those three actions, coming back to that, the mind reader uh, action, if you pull that one out, uh, basically you will request one attraction from a, an opponent. You pick an opponent and you pick an attraction. Uh, so basically this is a little bit where you have to kind of count cards or remember what cards people are picking up uh, because this is super helpful. You can be like, you know what, I want a, uh, a lion tamer from you. And if they have it, they must give you a lion tamer. If they don't have a, a lion tamer, uh, then they don't have to give you anything. You you forgot what they did or did not have in their hands. Uh, the person, if they do pick something that you that they do have, if you have multiples of that, you can choose which one to give them. That is up to you. So if you had a seven and a zero of the tamers, uh, then you can give them the zero if you wish, unless you really want that zero. Um, the, the, whenever you give cards to people for any reason, it is revealed to everyone at the table, so no one is left out of what is being exchanged. So everyone always gets to see everything that exchanges hands. Uh, the other card is the other action is the magic eye, which is you just draw one random card from an opponent. You don't have to be uh, memorizing anything. You just pick one random card from the opponent. You don't have a very good choice, but you get one. Uh, and the last action card is the Great Parade. Uh, this is kind of the, the fun one. Uh, you get to reveal cards from the stack. It's just like a normal turn, but there is no risk in zonking. I did not mention zonking. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you're flipping over cards normally, if you ever uh, flip over a card of the duplicate attraction, you zonk all the cards in the in the 
parade go away uh, and your turn ends immediately you get nothing uh, in the great parade if you draw that as the action you can reveal cards continuing on and as soon as you draw a duplicate uh, attraction uh, it ends that last card goes away but now you have a full parade uh, and you get to pick one card from that parade to take uh on a an, another person's turn, if there is already cards there, you can you can decide again not to take any more cards. Those cards don't go away until either people take them or someone zonks and they all go away. Uh, so you never really have to draw cards uh, unless there is no cards there. Uh, so that that's basically how the game plays out. Uh, after the game ends, uh, everything gets scored up. Uh, basically. Every single uh, trio that you placed in front of you is worth 10 points. Uh, if you called a gala, that is worth 10 points. Uh, it is possible you have a gala in your hand, uh, but if you didn't call it, you don't get those 10 points. Uh, and then you will score the uh, card value for every card that is in your hand uh, that is not a duplicate. So if you have duplicates of attractions in your hands, uh, you just pick out whichever one has the higher value. So if you had a four and a three of the uh, magicians, you will pick the four to score. You don't score that three magician. Uh, whoever has the highest score uh, after you add all those up is the winner of the game. That's it. There we go. Yeah, I. This is a great one. I mean, obviously, Rainier Kinesia. It's very for this amount of games that guy has made. There's there's very few full duds in there, and this is another this is another great one. I really really enjoyed this game. I thought this was um, surprisingly fun for a simple structure. I mean, there's a little the few little quirks in there that he throws in to make it unique, or really what makes it, of course. But at its core, it's just you know, it's a push your luck drawing game, and that's that's most of what it is, <laughs> or or I guess that's the start of it. So you know, if you 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 could just have that's you start with a simple structure of just like flipping cards out until you get two of the same suit. Oh no, I my uh, what do you what do you call it? Not busted. What do you call it? Um, zonking. Yeah, I zonked, <laughs> and then uh, you push your luck too far, and you've got a uh, that's that's your turn, and it goes back to your opponent. But there's so many cards in the deck that it's usually like I guess when we played, I've had an experience where it happened like right away to me. But that was very uh, one-off. You're at least going to get three cards out, two or three cards out before you zog. And so um, it's an interesting that decision. There is really interesting the way he structured it, the way the or the amount of cards in each suit, and. Um, it feels like the balance is, is very, very uh, well there, thought out there and very well done there, which, of course, it is. It's a Rainier Kinesia game, which is very, usually very, very tightly designed. But uh, but then it expands and it and it becomes more uh, much more interesting. That that in itself is fun. We love push your luck games and you know humans in general love that gambling feeling of of like oh boy I'm going to risk it. But then it expands out into uh, make this decision of well do I collect sets or do I try to get just high numbers? Do I play offensively and try to pull cards that I know my opponent needs for his sets? And and there's so many decisions then about how you draw cards out of the out of the parade and then they have action cards thrown in and those do all sorts of different or several different things and then that suddenly this another layer on top of the simple game that really doesn't feel like it's added on it feels like it's all very well interwoven so i i was really impressed with this game i like this game a lot and uh i'm kind of bummed i i've 
been trying to find it and I can't. <laughs> Even the crazy weird German version. Yeah, um, it it pops which we up. We should talk and, about right now. Actually. It pops up randomly. Uh, the first time I tried looking for it, I could not find it, and then it, all of a sudden, just one day, I was in a, a game store that I I frequent, and there it was. I'm like, all right, so this is one that will just occasionally get a, a reprint every now and then type of a thing. So uh, if if you don't see it now, you might see it, you know, two years, three years down the line, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it strikes me as one of those just kind of like popular games uh, in Germany probably, or but not ones that are, yeah, like you said, ones that go out of print. And then the people are like, hey, remember that? Let's yeah. get that one going again. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so what's uh, – it plays two to five, and we played it at two. I think it works really, really well at two and is very engaging. But I could definitely see throwing in more players adding to a more fun experience. So what what's your experience playing with different player counts and how it um, – I don't know. Does it make the game more crazy and less uh, less strategic, or is it, it just kind of stack really well? What What are your thoughts it, on that? It definitely changes the game. It still plays very well, but uh, your strategies definitely have to change. In a two player game, um, they they the game tends to end with someone going with a gala because you know there's only two people picking up all of these eighty nine cards uh, essentially. Uh, whereas with a five player game. Uh, that that kind of cuts the deck a bit per player, uh, so it's harder to hit that gala. So you're usually spending a lot more of your time making those trios. Whereas with a two-player game, I mean, you can make trios along the way, but if if you can get that gala real quick, which isn't too difficult depending on how the the cards get stacked, uh, you might be able to just take the game right away. But it's never a sure thing, again, because if if the other person's just making trios that you're just kind of uh, skipping over, they're they're gonna you know take the game away. So it's just a depending if you're playing with a full uh, set of five people, which I I have played, uh, it is really really hard to hit that galley. You can do it, uh, but it is difficult, and it might not be worth it because by the time you've gotten every single one of those suits, it's possible all the other players have played enough that it makes the gala not worth it if you haven't played any trios then then you're sitting at you know 10 points at the end of the game just for your gala and whatever you have in your hand whereas everyone else has a bunch of trios that they've made that are each worth 10 points and whatever cards they have in their hand so it's it all kind of depends on mm, gosh how what what have they played what do they have left in their hands what do I remember, what numbers do i remember them picking up uh and it's it's kind of it's it it really just changes the game which i i honestly i like uh because uh i i like a game that kind of changes but isn't changing for the worse or for the better it just makes uh the strategies a bit different and it's it's really really nice in that respect um other th- other things to say basically yeah. is I, uh, I this is a really easy game to teach. Um, I it's it's one of those where I can just kind of bust it out with uh, my wife's family and everyone's just like, oh yeah, I, I know how to play it. There aren't that many rules. There are very few little like nitpicky rules. There aren't anything that will pop up that goes, hey, you didn't tell me that. The it, everything's just exactly how it seems to be uh there might be some times where people go wait i drew this action what do i do again and i it's it's i mean it's written on the card but i'll explain it again it's really simple it flows really nicely um it's it's just a really cute and i use cute with quotation marks around that cute (laughs) in the mechanics of it uh but Art-wise, definitely not cute whatsoever. If you actually take your time to look at these cards, they're uh, quite 
horrifying. Quite horrifying. Uh, I, I, I think I brought it up. It kind of reminds me of the um, the guy from Monty Python. What's it? Gilliam? Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Yeah. It's very kind of that style where it's these human bodies with flea heads on top of them. Uh, it's it's slightly disturbing, but if if you just kind of like glance at it, it's not too bad. But as soon as you start kind of like examining it, it's creepy, very <laughs> very creepy. Um, but I I don't mind it. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, the one thing I do mind with these cards is they for every single different type of attraction they use a different typeface, uh, which is kind of off putting. There are some typefaces where it's kind of hard to tell uh, the difference between say like a seven or a one, or it's just like sometimes some of them are just like really hard to read. Is that a six? Looks like an eight. There aren't any eights. Well, I don't know. It looked like an eight type of thing. And then you have these kind of weird discussions and. Uh, I know for some people that kind of just kind of makes it a little bit harder and kind of gets in the way. Uh, but I mean, I wish they would have just picked like a, a standard circus font, which actually I think one of the attractions has that like kind of uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. I'm, I'm not, my brother is the typeface specialist here. So it's basically right, yeah, right, yeah. It, I knew if I, Pro- I know just circus font. Yeah, <laughs> it's a circus font. If I ever played this game with my brother, I know he would just rag on the game and partially on me for bringing up a game that has such horrible, <laughs> horrible, just, yeah, this would game would offend him deeply, <laughs> deeply, deeply. Just it's chaotic. I've fun. played other games. I've played, uh, what did I, I played diamonds with him and like the, the original set of diamonds, like it's, they have so much flourish and extra junk on it that it's like, it's really hard to read some of those cards sometimes. It's like, why did they do this? I'm like, I don't know. Just play the game. But it's for some people, it's hard to get past that. So, that I think that's the one yeah. big detractor for me is that is some of the numbers and things are hard to read. Yeah, it's very. It, I mean, it is. It is. <laughs> this game is just very quirky, <laughs> pretty much every aspect. And I, there is that version out there somewhere that is like more of a. Um, uh, I don't know, like a simple cartoony style, hand-drawn cartoon style that is – I'm not sure where – if it was a German publishing or an American publisher who did that one. I think, I think that's it was sort of more – okay. So it's more like targeted towards like kids, I guess, maybe? I don't know. German kids. Yeah. <laughs> if you would imagine like but, a, a greeting card that was like circus-themed, it would look like that. You know, very, very yeah. rounded corners, happy, everything, very circusy, like the standard, like blue, red and yellow colors, basic type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that and so sort of like, a, oh, what if a circus was a cartoon or a cartoon circus? And and like Alex was saying, the other one is using real photography um, cut to superimpose a flea head on top of all of the performers from like the 1800s and 19 early 1900s so it's very it is cool you know it's funny it's grown on me the first time we we i was looking at it i was like this is very bizarre <laughs> i would have trouble looking at these weird insect heads i got nothing in insects but there's just something about a blown up <laughs> insect head that's kind of creepy and uh but they did a great job with that one and it's i don't know it's almost one of those things where it's just like i want that one just so i have a really weird game and be like why did they make all these decisions? I mean, you can pretend but, you're playing um, like uh, a circus in the movie District Nine, maybe because that 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 kind of makes me think of <laughs> there that. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if several people were all morphing into the uh, bugs from District Nine or the aliens from District Nine, but head first, and they still did their circus work? <laughs> 
But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely quirky. I mean, it's I think some people would be kind of off put to a small degree, but at the same time, it has grown on me quite a bit, and I actually kind of like it more and more the more I've been uh, like looking at it or just uh, I don't know, just yeah, looking at it. I guess what else can you do? Um, so there is something about the quirk that I think is very endearing and, and unique. And one thing I will say is I do like that color theme uh, or scheme on the uh, flea head version. It's got that sort of sepia-toned muted colors. Like it's a very colorful game still, but each color is kind of like that got like a sepia overlay. So it looks like an old photograph-ish yeah. where it's had, it's like a black and white photograph and then they colorized it later you know that look that's kind of the uh, the color scheme it's got and i really do like that i have to say they did a great job i will agree with you though that every single font being different is a little bit it, it wouldn't be terrible if some of them weren't so extreme yeah. <laughs> some of them are like oh my god this is totally different i can barely read this but um but anyway the game itself is is really great i i uh I thought this. I was surprised by this one. I thought it would be kind of what I expected, but as usual with Kinesia, he he does little these little adjacent to center ways of doing mechanisms that really make them kind of interact in such a delightful way. And this is no exception. So um, I hope to find this one. I mean, you could actually probably just make this one or, or print it yourself if you want to. It's very simple. You don't need to go to the extent of the art that they do. And the only real unique thing is. Um, the uh, the action cards, which is some text on them to know what's happening. But, I mean, you could make a very basic version of this if you were so yeah. driven. Um, and we'll see. I, I might do that because if I can't get my hands on it, I really do enjoy this game. And it does introduce some great concepts for kids that you're trying to expose to um, broader game concepts. Um, and I think it does it really well. So this is one. I'm always on the lookout for that to play with my son and my wife together so he can... Uh, we can all play a game that we enjoy, but he is getting something out of it that he is sort of developing a skill. And this is this is one of them. Uh, that is, uh, however, the other thing I'll throw out there, if you are looking for this game, then do there is a <laughs> very deep confusion because Kinesia came out with Circus Fulcati in 1998. But then he came out, came out with, which is Flea Circus in English. And then he came out with Rainier Kinesia's Amazing Flea Circus in 2003, which is a totally different <laughs> game. So... <laughs> if you're looking for this game, be very clear uh, which one you're you're trying to get because uh, the Amazing Flirt Circus is about getting gathering a crowd of cats and dogs, and you have these little minis to watch your flea circus. And so it's a game with the similar looking cards, the cartoony version of the cards, but then you have a ton, like a handful of almost like it reminds me of um, Pass the Pigs or uh, or uh, Monkey Barrel Monkey style yeah. <laughs> little creatures. Um, with them, and that I've not played it, but <laughs> I don't. So I don't know. It could be amazing, but it's not he the was one I was really on a for. circus. So just be aware uh, of that. Flea circus keg, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just kind of couldn't couldn't stay away for too long. Um, let's see. Okay, so who is this for, and who is this not for? I think this is definitely a great game. If if you don't like these simple push your luck games, uh, fair enough. I think this is probably not going to wow you. But if you do like that mechanism and you are open to lighter games, uh, I think you're really going to get a kick out of this one. I think it's done very, very well. And uh, the fact that it's, it has two to five, once again, anytime there's a five-player option thrown in, um, I always think that's a, a great. Because especially with a game like this, that the ability to play that fifth player just seems appropriate. Um, you know, for for the vibe and, and theme of this game, it's you know it's light, it's fun. You wanna you wanna have a group of people and 
Uh, I'd like to try playing a higher player count because, as Alex was mentioning, the fact that it kind of morphs as a game and some things become harder, some things become a little easier. That That's really interesting to me, and I think Kinesia does that really well, too, with player count stacking uh, for the most part. Um, okay, let's see. The... The only other thing I can think of, I guess, is if you are really turned off by large insect heads. <laughs> but, or or uh, if, like my brother, know, you, think... you don't like mismatched oh, right. faces throughout the game. Uh, that might yeah. throw you off. <laughs> if you're really... Exactly, yeah. That, if that makes you grind your teeth, then this is definitely going <laughs> to throw you for a loop, <laughs> for sure, in uh, the sense that it's a little chaotic in presentation. Oh, excuse me. A little stuffed up today. Um... But, I mean, other than that, I think this is just another great example of a uh, Rainer Kinesia, a, a simpler game that is just done really well. The design feels tight. It doesn't feel loose. Um, the times, each time you play the game, it's short. It's a short game, so you could probably get a few playthroughs through if you feel like uh, hanging out over this game for a while. Or you could just use it as a filler, or if you're going out to eat or have a drink, so it can be in between serving. Um but you're probably going to play it a few times, and I just think that each time you play, there's different opportunities present themselves, of course, because of the fact that there's so many cards and they're going to come out in a different way each time. Uh, and then having the action cards pop up, uh, you know, that can, there's these these little swings of, of the draw of the cards that come out, which are really nice to, uh, to keep the game feeling fresh each time. So for a simple game, I have to say that, that playing it over and over a few repeated plays still felt really fresh. It didn't really feel like I was going through the same motions again and trying to um, just do it faster or something like that, try to get to my points faster. So uh, the other thing, too, that Alex was mentioning is that the kind of the, the target to end the game shifts or, or presents itself in different ways, which I thought really, really was cool. So I, I don't think this is going to get old too fast, uh, surprisingly, for a simple game. So anyway, another another reason to check it out or why a gamer might like it is that uh, as a filler game or a short game, it's 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 uh, it stays fresh for for a fairly long time. It, it seems to me. Uh, let's see. Can you think of anything else pro or con that would be a turn off or a turn on? I, for I think we gamers? hit most of it. Yeah. All right. Would your mom like it? So I um, I would really enjoy playing this with your mom. I feel like uh, I feel like. I'm going to do a maybe yes on this one because I feel like there's a lot to this that your mom would like. And um, it just seems like the the, vibe, the table vibe, the um, uh, the pressure luck parts of it the, are really, really engaging. The only thing I could see is if it's got a few, one or two extra sort of mechanisms thrown in that distract from the core pressure luck excitement of it that you have to just sort of keep, be cognizant of, which might be a little turn off. But I don't think it would make her like hate the game. So I'm going to do a maybe yes. What do you think about it? I I can see your point. There are definitely things in the game where it would just be like, ah, oh, there's a got to keep track of this. And she's never been a huge fan of games like Rummy. I mean, she'll play them, but she's never been huge. And has the, <clears throat> making those trios has a little bit of a Rummy feel. But I I think just because there's a lot of things where since you're only just picking one card, uh, and and it's not and 
making a trio isn't that difficult. You don't have to worry about runs. You don't have to worry about, oh, I need to play off of whatever you're playing. You don't build off of other people's trios. It's a little bit simpler. I'm going to go I'm gonna go the full yes. I think she would really enjoy this game. Uh, it's got lots of moments Sweet. where she can be like, oh, yeah, or, you know, she can enjoy the big par- – whenever I the, the Great Parade card comes out, I tend to sing that little circus song every time. The crowd seems to enjoy it for what it is, I guess. <laughs> and, and when I don't do it, people are like, hey, hey, where's the song? This is no great about? parade. There's no song going on. Uh, I think she, I think I think with the, all the things that you can kind of uh, add to it, uh, kind of the just really kind of getting into the game. I think she can really get into this one. She can kind of sink her teeth into it. So I'm going to I'm going to put this one at a full. Yes, I think she would love this game. Although I definitely nice. think yeah. she'd be yeah, disturbed would, I, by the fleece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the weird part. Um, yeah, I would. I would love to play this game with your mom. I think it would be really fun. I think I, I could see her getting really into it. Uh, all right, let's see. So, um, what? Let's talk about the table space that this would take up. Should you take it out? <clears throat> so, this is a obviously a game of cards. Um, it is going to be pretty mobile but the one thing about this game is it kind of fills up your like the space in front of you over the course of the game you're going to be collecting your own little circus line um and also your trios so your your area immediately in front of you sort of fills up uh, throughout the course of the game and becomes um, full of cards now uh okay let's go broad structure so in the middle of the in the middle of the table you're going to have the draw deck where the circus uh parade is, is going to be growing and shrinking and so obviously during the main core of the turn you're going to be flipping a card and then how many cards you flip over depends on how many how much luck you want to uh, push or you could just be straight up taking cards from the existing circus parade in the middle and uh shrinking that that deck so basically the middle is going to be a row of cards with a draw deck that is going to be shrinking and growing over the course of the game I would try to think like the max card that you'd probably see in a in a, in a two player. I mean, game, technically, the I, the limit of cards that can be out there is ten because there are ten suits. <laughs> right. Good luck doing that. <laughs> I don't know why you luck. would go. You know, there's uh, nine just, cards out there. Let's go for that tenth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that last one. There's some good cards out here, but I'm gonna say, um, yeah. So I mean. I, I think it's probably around like four or five yeah. is probably the would you say like the average About. what you're seeing out there at any given time, um, and then uh, so that's going to kind of be in the middle and then you know obviously there's there's circus cards and there's action cards that are going to fire off and do stuff but the most of the table space that's going to be taken up is what's in front of you so as you're you know each turn you're also hopefully unless you get skunked or uh, zonked uh, you're going to pull a card from the circus and add it to your little circus in front of you your your circus parade. That's going to be growing through the course of the game. And so you're going to have uh, a fair line in front of you by the end of the game, hopefully, especially if you're going for the gala ending. Uh, But also you're going to have little stacks of trio cards as well. And so there's going to be a little bit of cards collecting in front of you that's going to be growing and growing and growing throughout the course of the game. Um, This is is like stackable. I mean, you can... can, um, you could present this in different ways or organize this in different ways to make it more or less kind of covering your entire area in front of you. So I think in that sense, it's a bit of a table hog in the personal area of the player, but you can make sure that you – or tuck it off to the side just as long as everyone sees what you have because that's part of it that they need to kind of know 
what you've been collecting so they can kind of inform their own strategy. So pretty good numbers overall in this game, uh, or pretty, pretty good, yeah, pretty good, <laughs> pretty good stats overall in this game for taking out. But it does kind of fill the table eventually. So I feel like it probably passes the pizza test, but it is definitely one that you're going to, uh, especially if a lot of players um, be using up a bunch of the table with the cards uh, uh, that are going to be hitting the table. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, the vibe, though. The vibe's great. I think the vibe is what really, really takes this game to a great, great takeout game. It's just fun. It's just a really fun game to play and interact with players. Of course, it's got the push-your-luck element, so there's all these moments of uh, highs or lows or unintentional or uh, like uh, like the high of gambling, basically, pulling that card off like any push-your-luck and then hoping it's not going to bust you. The uh, unintentional comedy that push-your-luck's games have a lot of times where you you just know exactly what you need and you either get it or it fails so hard <laughs> it's almost like the game intentionally slapped you down and said no um so it's got this really fun uh, uh, emotional arc to it uh, through the course of the game which i i really really enjoyed and a lot of times with the like some of the some even with some of the rainier kinesia games but a lot of german games for kids they or I should say in general, there's just too, it feels so tightly designed that there just isn't room for such a fun back and forth. And this one really, really has it. So high, high marks for the vibe of taking yeah. it out uh, and playing together with a group. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. We did uh, take it out. Talked about your mom. Talked about who else might like it. Are we missing anything? Uh, no, I think we, I think <laughs> well, we hit we everything. All right, sweet. I did it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, this is just a really high recommend, guys. If you can get your hands on this, uh, definitely check it out. I mean, I wouldn't pay like $50 for this game, but if you see it in your board game store or uh, you know a friend has it, and or you, anyway, if you can get your hands on it, I, I think it's definitely a, a grab. It's a real fun little game to have in your pocket or your car or your bag. And uh, if you do have a young kids in your life like I do, then uh, this is going to be a great one that you can play with them and still enjoy playing a game <laughs> and not feel like you're just getting through it. <laughs> as so many of them do feel like. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. I do not have a phrase, but I'm going to see if I can do a little rhyme here. Although it's I've got coming out of the cold and we've had a weird day. So we'll see See if I can do it. Flocati is a hard, is a hard word to rhyme. <laughs> what about circus? <laughs> I was trying to make these make sense too. <laughs> circus. Circus is pretty difficult too. All right. All right. Uh, all right. I'm just going to go into it. All right, Circus Flocati eating this, or at Circus Flocati eating biscotti, feeling weird and naughty because of the bug faces, uh, endowed with laces, (laughs) sitting around in their circus places. All right, that's pretty good. I didn't, I didn't end up writing Flocati, but I feel like I made a story arc there. (laughs) So success. What I think three. If I, I I got three Flocati rhymes. No, I got. Yeah, no, three or four. That's right. Yeah, no, three. All right. Well, that's pretty good. I wanted to make an arc, and I was trying to figure out how to <laughs> how to make an arc with Flocati, and I just immediately jumped off the rails after three rhymes. <laughs> but all right. I feel good about that. I feel good about that. Uh, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can get a hold of us, of course, in a couple different ways on Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. You can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Chits and Chat page and fill out our comment form there. We would love to hear from you. And, um, yeah, we hope you guys are having a great spring, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye.